listening to Downworld or Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 105, where we will be discussing chapter 17 of Clockwork Prince in Dreams. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <clears throat> and the snoring is Libby. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yep. It's the <laughs> cutest okay. You can probably hear the ever. tablet from my child in the background, so it's <laughs> yeah. fine. We're in chaos mom mode. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's Sunday. Yep. <laughs> okay. So I made, again, I, I did that annoying thing where I make Robin stop telling a really wonderful, genuine story <laughs> so I can hit record and capitalize on it. <laughs> <laughs> now tell us again with the same enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> Start at the beginning. It was a Sunday morning. The east wind was blowing. I'm just kidding. It was today. It was today. And my kid woke up in a really good mood. And so much so that I looked over at him and he just like waved high at me. And I was like, oh my Aww. God, you're popping today. And then we, the cat was on the bed and we pet her or whatever. And I was like, coffee in my life because I am addicted to franchise coffee. <laughs> so, preach. Yep. We left and we're driving. And to put this in perspective, It takes me probably, I don't know, 20 minutes to drive out there and then wait in line and then 20 minutes to come back. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's a jaunt, right? But I enjoy it. It's an addiction. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) My strange addiction? No. It's great. (laughs) Well, and it's nice to like, just kind of be in the car. And I like to drive with the radio off and like no sound, which I know is, I also like to, with the music cranked up and stuff, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, whatever. So it's sunny outside. It's like, what, 35 degrees? It's like beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, we're driving in the car in silence. And it's through like, I don't, I don't want to say countryside, but like. It is. It's, it's it is like farm land. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Farm, like there's a house and then they probably have acreage and then there's another house or thing. We're not like driving through downtown. Yeah. Yeah. And so my kid, my son, is like, where are we going to go get coffee? I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. Where are we going? <laughs> I was like, to go get coffee, man. Like, you just said that, right? And he's like, yeah, but what are we doing? And I was like, just enjoying the silence and, like, the calm of the day before the chaos starts. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I love chaos. <laughs> And I was like, so we were watching the show Skylanders, and the bad guy on the show is also named Chaos. Mm. So it's like, are you talking like genuine chaos or like Skylanders chaos? Right. And he's five and has like a speech and language delay. So he's just like, what? (laughs) I was like, so the TV show we watch, Chaos, is the bad guy. That's chaos. But chaos is also a word for when things are crazy. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, like when your toys are all out over the place and there's sand all over the floor and you're literally jumping on my furniture and like screaming really loudly and like the house (laughs) is just going and I'm trying to make dinner like that's chaos he's like oh yeah I love that (laughs) (laughs) that's my jam genuine chaos oh yeah I love that and that's was yep he's like okay genuine chaos after his auntie 
Oh my god. Just makes you enjoy that quiet a little bit more because you know what you're in for for the rest of the day. <laughs> it's coming. I, I love that you introduced a new concept to him and he was like, okay, yeah, totally understand. I got it. That's what I love. Like, That's me. Yeah. yeah. And and I and I am accurately attaching it to what I do in my day and enjoy. <laughs> Right. Well, and then when we started talking about sand, he's like, ooh, I have sand. And I was like, yeah, he got kinetic sand for Christmas. And him and his sister blended it together yesterday. And he's like, did you know that blue and red make purple? I mixed my sand and it's purple now. That's And I was so like, cool. I did not know that because I forgot. <laughs> it was a genuine. I didn't. I, I forgot that. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Oh. Dude, so I've had a bit of a a bit of a week, if you will. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was laying in bed um one night this week and it was like you know when like you lay down and then your brain goes powering on, like <laughs> you know <laughs> and you're like, fuck, go to sleep. Yep. I was thinking about the alignment chart and you know how we had we had like placed ourselves or whatever and I'm like yeah chaos that's that's always been like I've always been like yeah chaos but then I started to like psychoanalyze like what I do and be like oh I am way more chaotic than I thought I I thought it was like ew cute this is fun no like my life is a goddamn mess <laughs> like for those of you listening at home I have over a hundred thousand unread emails <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It gives me anxiety. The weird part to me with it is, is like, it's whatever, but it is functioning chaos. Like, true. I tried. To, I had food yesterday, and I had two pieces of meat that were expiring within the day, mm -hmm. and so I had to cook them both. So I made two dinners last night. Mm -hmm. So that way the food wouldn't go bad. And I was yes. like, I just won't cook today, right? Dude, super mom. I could not. There was stuff on the counter and there were <sighs> dishes in the sink. And I couldn't figure out, like, I literally just kind of stood there and, like, went back and forth with my body, like, moving my shoulders because I didn't know what to do. So I had to stop and clean all the dishes in the middle of making it. And then I could continue making dinner. And I'm just like, this isn't how normal people function. I should be able to cook food with dishes in the sink and not just be like ah shut down <laughs> and you could do that no that's that's literally how i do my life i do exactly what you did so oh my god that is so funny so i was supposed to host three dinners at my house this week but i ended up only hosting two <laughs> <laughs> uh, um <laughs> but i was like you know so I think I don't know if I've talked about this, but I've told you guys. I don't know if I've talked about it on on air or whatever. But a few months ago, I've I've told Robin I realized that I have ADHD. Right? I did not realize because I grew up in the '90s, right? So ADHD was labeled as something different than like the mm -hmm. whole umbrella it is now, and how like uh -huh. we know how different things manifest or whatever. So I didn't know. Right. Until I, I, I can't, I, my 
my therapist had said something about executive disorder. And so I was like looking it up and then they're like, oh yeah, executive disorder. It's attached to, you know, a lot to uh, ADHD. And then like, these are the symptoms of ADHD that are the real symptoms that you might think, you know, if you don't run around like a chicken with your head cut off that you don't have ADHD, but that's not what it is. Cause it's about Mm -hmm. regulating your attention, not, not having enough of it or having too much of it. Cause you hyper-focus and get all like, troll gremlin as Uh as I do which I didn't know that that's what I did when I write I was like oh I didn't know what that was I just called that like zoning in (laughs) like where where I don't pee for eight hours and like I sit hunched over for 16 hours just typing (laughs) oh I thought that was totally normal that's not normal for people no (laughs) it's it's funny how the brain works like that right so my brothers were over on Thursday for dinner and I was like running around, like just finishing things up. And I realized that I didn't have enough butter for the garlic bread. And my husband had had a really hard day at work and I had already sent him to the store once. So I was like, I can't do that to him. So I ended up making butter, like as my brothers were walking in the door and I'm like running around with like a cheesecloth and I'm like, this is going off and that's happening over here. I was just like, my husband was like, whoa. <laughs> You're like, peak performance, man. Peak performance. Yeah, yeah. seriously. It, I 100% look like a psychopath. <laughs> it's funny when you have people in town, you'd go to all that trouble and make food. And um, my husband's brother came into town last night and we went out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be the smart choice, but I just cannot help myself. Because yeah. I have this compulsion to do nice things for people and to make them feel special and homey. Like, oh, I promise you, not watching me go through that with two kids is the nice thing to do. <laughs> I love walking into it. And I'm just like, can I clean something for you? Seriously. Let me support you in the only way I know how. Yeah. But what I was going to say about that is that I, be- since having a an understanding of like my brain works differently and understanding like the reason why like I can never get anything done or why I leave everything to the last minute or like, you know, I go into a room and do 15 other things before I realize that I came in to get a soda. Like, yeah, you know, that's not just age basically. Yeah. I was just like, that's just how everyone lives their life. No, it's definitely not how everyone lives their life. But since since understanding that about myself, it's so much easier to like identify and readjust, right? So it's like the same thing that, you know, you do in therapy with your emotions is like, you know, you feel an emotion coming up, you kind of like name it, understand why you're having it, and then help yourself like move through it or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So between each of those dinners, I clean the entire fucking kitchen. Good for you. That, okay, and I I know that's a nor- everyone at home's like, yeah, fucking lunatic. Everyone cleans their kitchen. Nay, 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 nay. They do not. I did all of the dish, like the whole thing, counters and everything. Put all the food away. I didn't leave any leftovers on the counter accidentally. I was like super fucking proud of myself. But you know. 
Best life. You're like, incredible. You sh- you're like filling in your own chore chart. You're like Kristen. Gold star. Gold star. Gold yep. star. Fucking for real. And all yep. I needed was someone to be like, hey, it's not your fault that you never finished a planner. Like, it's not uh-huh. your fault that you've never made it through a whole year. <laughs> it's just how your brain Dude, works. It's- and I'm like, okay. Well, and I'm it's just nice. self, my self-diagnosis is validating. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Honestly, after having like watching TikTok, obviously, I know a lot of people think like TikTok is just a bunch of kids dancing or whatever. But for me, it's obviously the algorithm has has melded to me mm-hmm. and it's all about toddlers and um, postpartum <gasps> and dinners. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's so many people that feel the same way yeah. where, you know, it's anxiety is just so crazy for a lot of people that I think it is the norm, honestly. And a lot of people just don't realize it. We just have been blessed enough to know we've had anxiety for real <laughs> since we were teens. For real. Dude, for me, the thing that, like, I watched, like, obviously this woman was talking about coping or whatever with especially anxiety because that's the one that just, mm-hmm. like, it's <sighs> weird because Amanda and I were talking about it, but it manifests differently for each person, so uh-huh. you don't know mm-hmm. what it feels like, right? Yep. And um, for me, it's, like, physically painful, like, mm-hmm. whatever. And so then I'm just, like, I try so hard not to worry about stuff that I worry about the fact that I'm worrying about things. And then it, like it sets the cycle off, but I'm trying to be like, I can't worry about that. I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do that. And this one lady was like, set aside like 20 minutes to worry about everything, mm-hmm. everything. And just like cycle through and have a moment. And so later when you're laying in bed, you're like, you know what? I already worried about this today. It's checked off my list. I did it. Yeah, It's done. I already got to worry about it. And I was like, that's helped a little bit. That's good. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So so enough about our fucking, our issues. You know what? Highest recommended recommendation, get a therapist. They're amazing. For sure. (laughs) They'll they'll tell you what's wrong with you. (laughs) Or just listen. Well, they'll help you figure out what's wrong with you. It's generally what they do. All right, folks, let's kick this chaos episode off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. Tessa, dressed as Jessamine, who's dressed as a dude, makes her way into the warehouse and into the arms of her half-brother, Jessamine's lover, Nate Dog. Very quickly, things turn... Oh, hold on. That is not what I wrote. Very quickly, things take a sour turn as we learn that Nate knew about the double crossing, and he isn't falling for Tessa's tricks. In fact, he was so prepared, he brought a giant fucking robot, even his odds against the Shadowhunters. Tessa and Nate get into a wrestling match until Will and Jim descend from the landing, Jim getting hurt and Will blowing up the giant robot with Henry's device. Will uses himself as a human shield over Tessa, and when they come to, she runs over to Nate Dog, who got impaled by shrapnel. Nate gets his dying monologue, not giving any real useful information about Morty, but telling Tessa not to take off her angel necklace. Tessa learns that Will is seriously injured and needs to get to the infirmary, so in order to help out and make things as easy as possible, she faints. (laughs) Super great. Very. Yeah, very helpful. Thoughtful, really. I mean, it's the the thought that counts. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so... Tessa's oscillating in and out of consciousness, picking up little nuggets of conversation and flashes of faces between involuntary blackouts. She hears Charlotte's 
she hears Charlotte and Brother Enoch talking over her bed in, in the infirmary. Because it's a novel and it would be pretty boring uh, if uh, Tessa's point of view... Because it's a novel and it would be pretty boring. It would be a pretty boring ass chapter if Tessa's point of view, um, if that, if all we got was snippets of her. Um, so it's written more like a movie coma where she can like process what's going on and like have opinions about it. Uh, she just can't respond. So like sleep paralysis, which my worst nightmare is horrible. It's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Terrifying. Terrible. So Tessa's kind of surprised to hear real emotion and concern for her, uh, well, her overall well-being in Charlotte's voice. Why? Like this woman took in a warlock girl at great peril to her own reputation and status, and continued to put Tessa's best interests first, time and time again. Like teenagers can be so fucking dumb. <laughs> Dude, I just don't understand. Like. I don't know. I guess um, it's the I don't even know what. Never mind. I'm going to say something mean. (laughs) Basically, because I um, I'm like, God, what an idiot. But I mean, that's totally my M.O. I'd probably do the same thing because like there's very low self-confidence there. It sounds Uh stupid written out in a novel. Oh, yeah, for sure. Actuality, I would probably be doing the same thing. Oh, me as a teenager, 100 percent. It's just. We're just dumb when we're teenagers. (laughs) 34 and still dumb. It's fine. (laughs) Sometimes you don't grow out of it yet. Cool. Uh, Okay. uh, So Brother Enoch explains to Charlotte um, and an eavesdropping Tessa that the warlock girl's current state of unconsciousness is due more to the trauma of losing her brother and seeing Will sacrifice himself for her rather than a superficial head wound. And just before Tessa slips between, just before Tessa slips beneath the surface of oblivion, she hears Charlotte above her declare that quote she has no one in the world at all now. What the fuck? Mixed messages? Like, what are you doing? Yep, I agree. I thought it was very sweet that she was like, "Oh my Tessa, super nice," yeah. but like, it's just like now she's all alone. She's got nobody. <laughs> this bitch (laughs) so tessa wakes up again this time she's conveniently on her side facing a half-naked will so no one notices when she's woken up and like opens her eyes and she doesn't make any noise she's like oh no this is perfect creepers like positioning i gotta i gotta seize the moment if you will (laughs) will's like carpe d's nuts (laughs) exactly that's the name of this episode. <laughs> I love it when it just so organically comes. Yes. Ew, organically comes. Oh. Speaking of which. Jesus Christ. Okay, moving on. Anyway, Brother Enoch is plucking shrapnel out of Will's back, and it's kind of uncomfortable. Uh, just kidding. He's in complete and utter agony. <laughs> So it's time. So it's the perfect time for Tessa to scope out his bod naturally. Like OMG, the way his skin, so pale from blood loss and slicked with a thin sheet of glistening sweat in the candlelight, stirred something deep within her. She could not quite place. 
His muscles rippled and stretched taut with every silent scream of anguish until, with a shudder, he collapsed in an exhausted heap on the blood-stained linens once more. (laughs) (sighs) I tried to do that all in one breath. That was a mistake. (laughs) I'm going to let you read the next sentence before I comment. So Pessa, Pessa, <laughs> so Tessa has a pain kink. <laughs> no shame, whatever floats your boat, baby. <laughs> she just likes guys that look sickly. Like, what is it? She's me in high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does he look like a vampire? <laughs> She's or going through her emo phase, okay? Yeah. Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> She's been listening to a lot of My Chemical Romance. <laughs> I was listening to The Cure a lot. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Ohio's for lovers. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I don't know what it is with these heroines and, like, taking the absolute wrong moment to admire. <laughs> like, what are you doing? His body looks best when he's in pain. <laughs> Right? He's like dehydrated, so his skin's like extra tight against his muscles. Like, Jesus. She actually wrote Fifty Shades. It's her. (laughs) So, Tess, once she's done gawking, she feels, uh, she starts to feel guilty. Brother Enoch's less than gentle words come back to her before she passes out again. Like, yeah, what a bunch of, like, guilt you'd feel that he sacrificed himself for a dirty warlock. <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. <sighs> so nice. So this time um, we are brought back into a dream. And how do I know that? Because it's italicized in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and also Aunt Harriet is super duper dead. That's fair. So Tessa's back in her little apartment in New York, all cuddled up in her bed with one of her aunt's quilts. And honestly, that that sounds damn near euphoric. I'm going to say that again. Honestly, that sounds damn near euphoric. I just can't say that, so we're going to leave it in. Um, (laughs) I can write words. I can't say them out loud. Um, I can can see where this would be, like, her happy place. Like, the time before her life was completely upended. So I've got a quick little sidebar. Sometimes I forget when I'm reading, like, these, like, adventure fantasy books and stuff how disorienting it would actually be, uh, like, once the adrenaline and the excitement and, like, all the newness wore off and you had to face, like, real-life consequences. Like, your brother's actually dead. Like, up until six months ago, you <laughs> thought this was your brother and now he's your cousin and now he's dead and you're yeah. fucked. Like, I really appreciate that we're touching on some – of that in this book but like obviously this is not Mm -hmm. the kind of book that like that's going to be the primary focus right um but it's nice that we we get some of like it's almost like grounding in the middle of this series you know we're you know entering into the last half of the book and it's so it's right back smack dab in the middle of this three book series. Like it's the perfect time to really anchor it in reality in terms of like pacing and plot point. But I mean, um, I had an yeah. experience like that last night when I was making dinner. 
one Tell of my me. dinners. I was, um, I made um, something with oil, basically. And in my head, I was thinking, like, so I was frying bread. Uh-huh. So there's, like, a salsa on the bread, and then you fry it. They're called pambasos. But I was, I added mm. oil to the pan, and mm. then I went to, like, flip the bread over, and the pan caught on fire. <gasps> and my stovetop caught on fire. Oh, my and God. And I'm sitting there, like, holding it. And remember how messy my kitchen is there's uh-huh. like instant pots out and stuff and oh, i was no. just like uh uh babe babe come help me please and i literally said it like that and he was he gets up and he was like oh my god and <laughs> i was able to like i took it off the heat obviously uh-huh. and i shook the pan and it ended up just going out but i was gonna get him to put, get a lid to put over the top yeah. of it uh-huh and then i turned off the burner obviously and my kid the old she's like horrified and I was just like, you just got to, like, remain calm. Remain calm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do not put water on a grease fire. That's what I told her. I was like, this yeah. is the perfect teaching moment. Never put water on a grease fire. Yep. And yeah. just be calm. And I was like, okay, cool. And as soon as I set the pan down, I turned around and my whole body was just like. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm shaking. Like, uh-huh. and it wasn't even that big of a deal. It's not like it hasn't happened before. And it wasn't like. And then he's like, can you imagine if the cupboards went up? No, but I can now. Thank you. <laughs> Keep me up for the next three nights. Thanks a lot. Uh, fuck you. You guys have been married for eight years. He should know better than to say shit like that. Dude, for real. He was just talking about that. He's like, 12 years we've been together. I know. Don't talk about setting the house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I great. felt the... I was completely 100% calm while it was happening. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, grab the pot, hand, you know, the cover. I know what to do. Everything's cool. We're fine. It's going to be good. And then as soon as the lid was on, I was just like, oh, jellyfish. <laughs> jellyfish. I love it. Now I know who to call on during an emergency. You can remain calm. Yep. Just not afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there to support you after. Right. <laughs> Kristen's probably still a better bet. Let's be fair. That's true. <laughs> yeah, except except I also am the most likely to get themselves hurt in the process. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so it's still a tragedy, just a different kind of tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> just something else we got to deal with afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, where I don't even. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. Um, no, we're in the dream. Hold on. Sidebar. Okay. So Tessa communes with the dead. Uh, I'm sorry. Tessa communes with her dead aunt Harriet. Uh, in her dreams, as you do. The conversation <laughs> gives her some clarity on Nate, and I think it helps her process that she's grieving more the idea of a family than she is actually the person Nate was uh-huh like she had this idea of like who her brother was but she was actively forcing herself not to see who he truly was like she was making excuses yeah. for him and not being honest with herself yeah she definitely seems like she knew mm-hmm. so her and Aunt Harriet are talking about family and on Harriet's like 
no, no, this is on me. I should have told him the truth because then he wouldn't have been so mad and wouldn't have murdered me. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) He did say that was the reason. Right. (laughs) But do we trust him? He is a murderer. It's like the Jocelyn thing over again. Like that same sort of like. Mm hmm. Like maybe if we were just honest. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so in the dream, uh, Tessa says, quote, I miss you so much. She said, I have no family now. Her aunt leaned forward to kiss her on the forehead. You have more family than you think. Okay. Finally, someone's saying it. Cause Charlotte was, I don't know. She like literally dropped the ball and then walked off the field. <laughs> like, I don't know what she yeah. was doing. <laughs> Do you think Tessa felt that way before Charlotte said it? I mean, I think so because she she was like, oh, wow, Charlotte seems to be genuinely concerned for me. And then Charlotte says something like that. She's like, oh, guess not. Like, (laughs) My bad. I guess it depends on how you're interpreting this dream, right? Like, are you interpreting it as her subconscious is making this, like, conversation up in her brain so that way she can, like, have closure? Or do you think there's some sort of weird thing in her where she's actually communicating with her spirit that's watching over her in heaven? I think that this is a trauma response that her brain is resolving and processing the scenario as best it can. And so it takes her to her safe space, which was the last time she felt safe, which was in New York with her aunt. And so she has that con- that subconscious conversation that she knows is true, but she's like has to come to terms with it before she can wake up. And, you know, it's like her body's like just response to like too much wait I gotta like shut down until we can figure out we lost the codes yeah. we gotta find them first <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what I think but I also think it, with what happens next it might just be magic <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> it is definitely possible fine <laughs> Robin did you have anything else to add to that grinding you don't really grinds my geese okay um listen I believe, I don't know. I feel like it's what you said. Kind of like okay. her subconscious is like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. trying to play it out. I don't know. I think that's just. It, the, it really could be bold. It could. Yeah. It could. Yeah. Because apparently we're using every comma, comma. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, chameleon. Okay. Um, apparently, we're using every coma trope in the book, uh, this chapter, because uh, when we come back to the present, Tessa is hovering over the infirmary like a ghost watching everything go down. Like, what? Like, it's weird. Wh- why is it different every time? This feels very odd. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely could be magic. Charlotte and Jem are standing vigil while discussing the future of the Institute. Charlotte is sure that there's no way they're keeping the Institute after the latest debacle. Nate was their only source, and now he's dead, so they're all basically fucked. Do we know how many (laughs) days they have left now? (laughs) I don't... This is all, like... She just met Jem two weeks ago. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> she, do- I feel like she does say we, we haven't found anything else out in a fortnight or something like that. I think she says something I think, like yeah, that. Yeah, they're, like, coming up so on I their So I think deadline. they're coming up on the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, I imagine her, I, I swear, every time, I know I've said this before, but it's, like, the goofy version of A Christmas Carol, where uh-huh. he's the ghost. That's what I'm imagining right now. Yep. <laughs> Doors got us. 
Um, Jem, ever the optimist, tries to spin the situation, but it's no use. He tries again, asking what Henry thinks. And Charlotte explains that Henry is all in his feels. On one hand, his invention worked, yay. (laughs) But it also fucked up Will and Tessa, and that's got our little cinnamon roll Henry all fucked up. He's sad. I don't blame him. Well, I mean, honestly, though, it's not like when he made it, he was expecting to blow up a... 30 foot tall robot no. with it and having yeah. it cause that much damage. I right. don't think it was 30 foot tall, but it was 20. Yeah. So yeah, pretty Close accurate. Enough. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, I love that we're getting more Henry and Charlotte and I love even more how fucking dumb they are. Yep. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> So I'm going to read this excerpt. Uh, It's Jem and and Charlotte uh, having a conversation. Quote, without that device, we might all be dead and Tessa in the hands of the magister. You are welcome to explain that to Henry. I have given up an I have given up the attempt. Charlotte, Jem's voice was soft. I know what people say. I know you've heard the cruel gossip, but Henry does love you. When he thought you were hurt at the tea warehouse, he went almost mad. He threw himself against that machine. James, Charlotte said, or I'm sorry, James, Charlotte clumsily patted Jem's shoulder. Fuck! (laughs) I do appreciate your attempt to console me, but falsehoods never do any do anyone any good in the end i long ago accepted that henry loves his inventions first and me second if at all okay oh i could see him loving the inventions first but her at all like that's sad it's so sad but also charlotte not true (laughs) if you just paid attention to who your husband was (laughs) Uh uh-huh well it's that thing where it's like he's what is it like you have your love languages or whatever so it's like yeah. he's he's affectioning showing her affection with his love language instead of yeah. hers and vice versa yeah mm-hmm. yeah um where am I? oh <clears throat> so before jem has a chance to protest sophie interrupts asking for a private audience with charlotte and now this might just be me, um, but Charlotte seems kind of surprised by this. And it got me wondering, like, would this be out of the norm for someone of Sophie's status to ask to speak with Charlotte privately? Like, I don't know. Obviously, Charlotte doesn't care because she loves Sophie. So, like, that's not an issue. But I wonder if, like, mm-hmm. in this society, that would be considered inappropriate because we know how hard it is for Sophie to let go of some of those, like, normal Victorian society lessons that have been ingrained in her, which are different in the shadow hunter world. They're not, they don't function exactly the same. Um, I think um, it's because of everything they're like, it's obviously they're going through lots of stuff right now. And I think it's more mm-hmm. like what could be so important at this moment. Gotcha. Uh-huh. You need to talk to me now. And I think right. it's more what you're saying and that kind of involved together. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously, Charlotte was like, oh, well, you, I trust Sophie to, like, if she wants to talk to me, it must be important. Mm-hmm. Like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't do this for no reason. So, obviously, she goes without protest or anything. But I just, it made me think. Like, I wonder. I wonder how often Sophie's asked to speak with her privately also. Right. Or if mm-hmm. it's a first. And maybe that's why it's surprising. 
whatever it is. Um, Charlotte and Sophie leave to have their girl talk, and Jem is left alone to pour his heart out to Tessa. (laughs) (laughs) So he whispers something in Mandarin. Luckily, ghost Tessa is multilingual and can translate for us. (laughs) He says, quote, I love you. And I don't want to lose you. Aww. Fucking break my heart, why don't you, Carstairs? Like, yeah. what the hell? And Tessa wants to tell him that she doesn't want to lose him either, but her time as the ghost from Chris- but her time as the ghost of Christmas present has passed and she gets to and she gets sucked into the darkness once more. <laughs> So I I started watching this new show called uh, Ghosts. It's from the BBC. Like the BBC oh, had yeah. a show. Oh yeah, I was then, telling like, Amanda she had to watch it. It's so funny. But they when someone like achieves whatever it is that they have to achieve as a ghost to be like take like not in purgatory anymore, right? They call it getting sucked off because none of them know what that means because they're all old. <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> That's my fave. So that was the thing. I was like, she's she's getting sucked off, but I didn't know if enough people would know the reference to make it. <laughs> it's funny because to me, like, it's obviously I love the actor that plays her husband. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a comedy show, but somehow almost every episode I end up crying. Same. Aww. And a good, obviously, it's a, like, heartwarming, good way yeah. sort of thing. But I and watch it so while funny. I work out on the treadmill. Uh huh. Ooh, showing off for us. <laughs> it's so it's so good. Like you have to watch it, Amanda. You will love it. It's so funny. Okay. I uh-huh. love. I started. Um, we are in the shadows. What we do in what the shadows? Do. Oh, uh huh. I started that today. Yeah, that one's funny too. <sighs> okay, so we start off this section, my section, whatever, with Tessa going into Jessamine's mind. So it's hard to tell if she's like reading her thoughts or if this really is just a dream, sort of like what we had with um, Aunt Harriet. But mm-hmm. um, we we kind of we get and not kind of we we know what Jessamine's thinking, obviously. Um, so I'm not sure, but I like to think that she somehow magically went over to Tessima's mind. Tessamine, Jessamine, she's always. <laughs> Because she was able to connect with her and she's already been in her mind. So I just, oh, that's yeah. my, that's mm-hmm. my two cents. Although it's sad. So I don't know. I hope this isn't what Jessamine's really feeling. But anyway, stop it. She is super bummed because she gambled with her life by choosing Nate over the shadow hunters. And now he's like dead and the shadow hunters don't like her anymore. So that's kind of a bummer. Uh-huh. And so, um, and, and she's stuck in this freaking cave thing for who knows how long. How long is she going to be punished for? She doesn't know. So she pulls her wedding ring off of a necklace she was wearing. It's actually called a cord, which I find interesting that it's Jessamine and it's not like a gold chain, mm-hmm. but okay. Uh-huh. Um, and so she pulls this necklace off this cord and uses it to write her initials on the wall. And even after everything, she's still calling herself Jessamine Gray, which is funny. So she t- carves JG, whatever. I just don't understand why people always feel, feel the need to, like, carve their names into things. Why? I, I don't know. Into a tree? Into a, Like, why? Well, Red was here. Shawshank Redemption style? Like, I don't get it. Okay. So this might just be because... I just watched The Fault. Okay, I didn't watch The Fault in Our Stars recently. I watched somebody else react to watching The Fault in Our Stars because that's the kind okay. of person I am. 
You read the book, though, because you made me read the book. Yeah, no, I've seen the movie. I just, it. this just happened. But I guess the reason that made me think of this was, like, maybe she realizes that her life is, like, coming to a close. Like, she's she might die. Like, she might be in jail forever. And it's, like, maybe this is something that, like, maybe someday someone will see this and wonder who I was and maybe find out who I am and, like, remember me that way. Because, like, I haven't made anything of my life for anyone to really remember me anyways. Like, maybe it's a last-ditch attempt to be, like, to not fade into oblivion, as Augustus would say. Right. Yeah. Uh Like, Google me. I always think of um, Fern Gully when he starts to carve onto the tree and she's like stop you're hurting it it has feelings mm-hmm. oh i don't remember oh, that movie it's my favorite gully. there's nowhere to watch it you can't stream <laughs> it i know i gotta buy it oh it's terrible i couldn't find it i don't think i could purchase it on google play i don't but maybe i didn't look oh. hard enough i don't know huh well anyway this ring, of course, is not a real diamond because Nate gave it to Jessamine. So it busts oh, like oh in her hands. God. And so she's just so she's just like, fuck, man. <laughs> and she just curls up in her shitty ass bed and, and cries herself to sleep because not even her bed is comfortable. It's like shitty blankets that itch. Oh, my gosh. That's got to be the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So Tessa wakes up from this dream thing, whatever this really is, because I, like I said, I don't really feel like it was a dream. Um, and there's a warm Tizan. That's how we mm-hmm. pronounce yeah. it, right? Yeah. Tizan. Okay. And it's like, you can see the steam coming off of it. It's so recent. And a plate of biscuits. And she's like, yes, hungry. Gonna drink it. <laughs> and then she realizes, like, Will is sitting on the bed next to her, and she's startled. And, like, was he was watching her sleep, I guess. And she's like, Whoa. she kind of like covers herself up she's like this isn't like him to just sit here and watch me sleep um and so then he admits like not admits but i guess he tells her that he's the one that brought the tazan and tells her that she was having a nightmare when he got there which seems like a good reason to bring someone a tazan because they're having a nightmare for you yeah oh so if there was a plate of biscuits for you waking up would you want them to be American biscuits or British biscuits? Because I would want them to be American biscuits. Mm-mm. When I woke up. I don't like biscuits. Is so, there tea? So biscuits are obviously Tazan. cookies over there. And biscuits yeah. for us here are like biscuits. And I would rather, I would rather have, have biscuits. I would rather have English biscuits. Okay. Me I just too. imagine they're like hard, not soft cookies. Yeah, I, mm. I think like Still a... Still better than a biscuit I, I here. I think like a shortbread cookie. Like oh, a yeah, not yeah. overly sweet. How do you not like shortbread? It is literally the most delicious it thing is you weird. put in your mouth. It's literally b- yeah. butter, flour, sugar. That's it. Mm-mm. Butter, good. Flour, <laughs> good. Sugar, good. Like what? There's nothing wrong. Seriously. Uh, okay, so Robin's wrong uh-huh. here. And I'm glad we established right. that. Okay, things. moving yeah. on. Uh, so tessa admits that she doesn't remember what she was dreaming about she was like oh i was having a nightmare i don't even remember which is weird to me because she like it's been described as very realistic obviously it's a sad dream about someone that you literally know 
Like, it's weird to just wake up and not remember that, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which my husband says he doesn't ever remember his dreams, so I guess I can I can understand. But I think it's weird. It is weird. And I think maybe he's dreaming big about stuff he doesn't want to tell me about. Like golf. Because it's <laughs> dumb. Dumb shit he's dreaming about. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so Will is like, drink this. It'll calm you down. Drink this shit, girl. Drink this shit. And, yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to calm her. And um, so she asks him about... So, to me, it seems like, in my head, of course, when he's like, just drink it, it'll calm you down. I'm like, what is it? That um, warlock stuff that they drank at the oh. party? <laughs> <laughs> he can't wait any longer. He's got to get his freak yeah, The best part about that whole thing is when you said horned, by the way. <laughs> You said that they were getting horned or something. Like that. <laughs> I was just like, that's the best part. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Tessa asks him about his injuries and like, how are you feeling? And um, he says that since all the metal's been removed from his back, he's they were able to apply an Arazi. So he's healing really fast and he should be all healed up by like tomorrow, which is just crazy. But. It's really I wish cool, I could obviously. heal that fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Tessa jokes that she's jealous that he can heal that quickly because the bandage, she like points to the bandage on her face. She's like, I don't think this is going to be coming off anytime <sighs> <Nah>. soon. <laughs> Which is funny because like she hasn't even had a look in the mirror or anything from what uh-huh. it sounds like. How does she know how bad it is? Because she wasn't in a coma because of that. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, it's funny. So Will jokes about her, like, it must be covering part of her eye or something. He makes a joke about her looking like a pirate. Well, you not want to look like a pirate forever or something. And um, it's nice to kind of hear him lighthearted mm-hmm. a little bit, telling a joke like that. That's not at someone's expense, really. I mean, it is. But anyway. So while these two motherfuckers are sitting so close to each other, Tessa can actually feel that Will has a fever. I wonder I what else that I, Well, feel. maybe one of my kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's getting hot her. in her. <laughs> so take off all your clothes, Herondale. <laughs> yep. That's what he wants. So he explains that the Arazi causes elevated body temperatures as part of the healing process, which I can understand. It's fighting an infection, mm-hmm. blah, 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 whatever. But, like, does this ever come up again? Have you guys heard of this before or after this little section it's here. It's not something I would have paid attention to. What was... Say that okay, again? That's fair. Like, do they... Just that it rises the body temperature. What? Do, did that Arazis do? Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. No, I don't remember. Yeah, it must be just a... I don't know. It's probably in the... Yeah. Codex. Codex. Oh, yeah. I'm interested. Right now. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe somebody else can look it up for us. Or I can Google it later. So... This Tazan is starting to hit Tessa like a shot of house whiskey. And she is feeling good. <laughs> okay, just bring us right back to our 20s. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, she's, like, super into having Will this close to her. Um, and he's also being really nice. And um, it's kind of, like, weird that he's being mm-hmm. this nice. Um, he tells her that he's sorry about her brother, and she's like, I'm sure that you think he deserved it. Mm. And um, he says, and I quote, my sister died. She she does. She bleh, started that again. That was sad. My sister died. She died, and there was nothing I could do about it, he said. 
And there was raw grief in his voice. I am sorry your brother died. Aww. I know. We've Again, like I said, we're finally kind of seeing like a little bit of a different side to him. Which is why Tessa, like, this is not normal. <laughs> He's sharing too much. Like, none of this can be real. <laughs> but then, like, what do you say to something like that? It's so sad. Thank you. <laughs> like, I'm sorry that your brother died. Thank you. So Tessa goes with, well, I'm feeling very odd. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Has that well whiskey? Yeah. Got her feeling good. <laughs> so Will offers to go get Charlotte because she's not feeling well or whatever. And she's like, no, 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 it's good. Misa likes uh, the whiskey. Oh, my God. To Zan. <laughs> You're the devil. I love it. So she internally thinks um, that she knows um, this is a dream because her body felt the same way. Like, it feels the same right now as it did when she was dreaming about Jessamine. So she does remember that she was dreaming about Jessamine. Like, why do you lie? Right? <laughs> Why do you lie to yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Who are you? Who are you lying to? (laughs) It's strange. Like, just say, oh, yeah, I was having a bad dream. Like, or, yeah, I was having a nightmare. Why did it have to be? Oh, I don't even remember. I just love the phrases that you brought into my household, both of you, as I am a culmination of both of you. And why do you lie as one of them? That was my mom. She worked for Avon and had an issue with something. And so she called them and they told her whatever. And she was like, why do you lie? <laughs> just like that to these people on the phone. It's just some regular person. For money. Doesn't know anything. You know. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, she was cray. Love her. Love her. So, <laughs> so anyway... Tessa leans into this little love fest that Will is putting down and he jerks back and she's like, oh shit, I totally forgot that you're injured. Are you okay? Did I hurt you? And he's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I don't care. But it is weird. Like he just says, I don't care. And he repeats himself. Like, why just say, no, I'm fine. Or why not just say, no, I'm fine. Like, did you want to make her feel a little bad? Did you want her to know it hurt? But he like, but I like it. Like, it's just weird. He's playing into her pinking. (laughs) yes he knows how she feels that's right (laughs) so i'm not sure how long they sat there like this on the bed but eventually will lifts her chin to kiss her and in a story totally cool when my husband does it to me i'm like bro don't force me (laughs) i'm my own Uh person okay but as um, he's doing this, Tessa tells him that it's fine and they can do whatever they want because they're in a dream. So it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Will's like, Tessa? Like in an alarming tone. And I'm not sure if it's because they are most definitely not in a dream or because she passes out. Maybe both. But she passes out again. <laughs> mm. So then we move on to this demon Magnus part of the story. And um, I'm excited because I love Magnus. So going, going back to back to Magnus, Magnus. I was just imagining. <laughs> so he had sent um, a note. Tessa singing um, like some of the verses from WAP. She's like, it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. It's a dream. <laughs> yeah, yep. I have she's never doing. listened to that song all the way through. 
Oh why? my gosh. What do you mean, why? <laughs> why would? Wings and pizza? Duh. I mean, it's not like it's a bad uh-huh. song. No, I, I've just heard the chorus. I think it was like, you know, bleeped out on late night or something. Because mm. yeah. I don't listen to the radio. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to the radio in a decade. I don't fucking know what's on. Of like. course not. I mean, I was totally talking about wings and pizza. Definitely. Definitely. Not uh-huh. the Cardi B version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So Magnus had sent a note for Will to meet him at some address. And while he's on his way, he's shower thinking Mm. because he doesn't have AirPods yet Mm -hmm, to distract mm -hmm. him. So he's just got to shower think. And since he's thinking about what Magnus has to report, like, you know, could this be this has to be about the demon, basically, whatever. But he's also thinking about Tessa and this evening and her leaning up against him Mm. again. Not a dream, Tessa. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he said so he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks about her scent on him and it just reminds me of Robin and her fabric oh, softener so because she has given me bags and bags of clothes that were her child's that are now my child's and he's probably worn them 15 20 times we've washed them that many times and they still smell like Robin. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he comes and sits next to me and I'm like Robin? <laughs> At least it's a good smell. It's a great smell. It's just hilarious. Like, <laughs> it still smells that much as on top of the stuff that I use. It's just crazy. I love that your husband uses that, that much. Wait, wait, before we had a high efficiency washer, I watched him do laundry and he put two capfuls. Two. That's awesome. Two Jesus Christ. Oh, it's great. So anyway, Will has to make himself stop thinking about Tessa. He, like, shakes it off because he's getting his hopes up. And he got to the address. So, like, good timing. So, Woolsey Scott answers the door. And I am curious if you guys can give me a description or an example of what you imagine this guy looks like. Okay. So, Woolsey Scott. I imagine him blonde. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, almost, like, bohemian surfer hair, but, like, a little bit curly. So, it, it's, like, old-timey. Um, okay. Hugh Hefner, before Hugh Hefner was even a thought, like, smoking jacket. Like, real, like, beautiful velvet, you know, slippers, monogrammed, maybe a pipe. Just he he does he has a pipe and a monocle. Yeah, the, the the best s- silks and velvets that money could buy, and he just looks goddamn fabulous. Okay, in my head that's what he looks like with blue I, eyes. I agree, Robin? but like with looser smallful yeah. hair, as opposed to where he's got oh. this deep widow's peak and like the back straight. Okay, and um. Yeah, and I feel like his incisors are large, regardless if he's fanged out in wolf mm-hmm. form or not. Like that, just part of his mouth is a little bit larger. Yeah, J- For just some to reason, remind I you, imagine that he him bites. as like a lizard, not a human. Okay. Why? <laughs> you went with the Voldemort. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like a frog or a lizard. I just made him super hot. <laughs> like, yeah. Robin made him a Harry Potter character. <laughs> yeah. What's and your fans to like, Is he an alien? He looks like an alien. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the reptile people. With hair. Yeah. Yes. 
Oh my god. <laughs> but he is very sexual. So I feel like I'm leaning more towards Kristen's idea because he is very mm-hmm. sexual in his especially in the scene like how he's coming across. <laughs> because he yeah, he's he's carrying um, a pipe and he has a monocle and he jokes that Will is there to see him because he finally realized he's in love with Woolsey. And Will's like, um, I'm not into this. Like, where's Magnus? What's going on here? Awkward. <laughs> Magnus comes from around the corner and he basically shoes Woolsey away. But not before Will confirms with Magnus that he isn't calling him here for like this. Are you calling in your favor? Like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> this is about the demon, right? <laughs> this is all really weird. I'm not. I don't, I don't need a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Magnus assures him he means business and that Woolsey is just allowing Magnus to stay there for now until he figures out where he's going to go. And since they're at Woolsey's house, Magnus needs basically needs permission to use a room for this summoning, preferably one with little to no furniture. But before answering, Woolsey needs the cheese mate on why they need a room. So I'm going to quote this again because I loved it. Summon the demon Mar- Marbus? Is that how we pronounce his name? Marbus? Marbus. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> so he's going to summon the demon Marbus, said Magnus, flashing a grin. Scott choked on his pipe smoke. I suppose we all have our idea about what constitutes an enjoyable evening. Woolsey, Magnus ran his hands through his rough black hair. I hate to bring this up, but you do owe me. Hamburg, 1863. <laughs> so I just love Magnus and like flashing his grin and everything. It just seems totally obviously it's him because she's writing him. But I just love uh-huh. it. It just totally seems yep. like him. So proud to be just, you know, summoning no a demon. Deal. No yep. big deal. <laughs> and also, I think it's nice that Magnus is um, willing to use like one of his IOUs for uh-huh. Will. He's being a really good friend, but it also seems unnecessary because I feel like Woolsey was going to say yes. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway, so he. Sorry. You probably just got that in the recording. She just farted big (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't me. Okay. Uh Sure. Blame the baby, Amanda. Real mature. Yeah. So anyway, Woolsey is like, ah, oh, fine. Use my dead brother's room. Nobody's using it anyway. <laughs> so as they make their way to Magnus, uh, to the room, Magnus makes small talk by mentioning how quickly Will came once he got his note. And Will's like, um, yeah, you know how much this means to me. Like, I came right away. So Magnus asks him if he is prepared. Again, not me. <laughs> we don't believe you. <laughs> oh, oh, to the microphone. Okay. So <laughs> Magnus asks Will if he's prepared for this to fail or maybe even like that he got the wrong demon, you know, just making sure that Will would be okay. Like, are you prepared uh-huh. for this? And the answer is no. <laughs> Will has not prepared himself. <laughs> so Magnus just like, oh, all right, come on. This is going to go bad one way or the other, I'm sure. <laughs> all good things. All good things. Okay, so guys, Will follows Magnus through the corridors, completely pulling a Robin, as Amanda would say, looking at all the cool shit in the house. Except this time it's filled with like these kind of suggestive statues. And Will's like, oh, damn. Oh, 
Damn. (laughs) (laughs) How does it happen like that? So (laughs) they eventually get inside Ralph's room. Which has to be at least a little bit awkward for Magnus. Having just come off that breakup with Camille and being in her dead ex-lover's room. Sounds kind of like a Taylor mm-hmm. Swift song. Mm. Indeed. I'm not going to sing it. I wrote it, but I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Got a long list of dead lovers. Anyway. That sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> Will goes for his witch light, but Magnus signals him with a sit-down peasant and waves his hand to start up the fire. He then magics all the covered furniture to the side of the room, making plenty of space for his pentagram and other so much room for activities. (laughs) So much room for activities. (laughs) So he's, like, drawing it. And I just want to, like, you think it's chalk that he's using? I didn't write that in here, but I was wondering it. I thought it was a dumb question because I immediately yeah. was like, oh, chalk. And I'm like, but would it be chalk? I don't know. In in I my so. head, it's like I all I can see is Sleepy Hollow and Johnny Depp like moving his bed aside and she had drawn all of it in chalk. Like that's the only thing I can think of. Okay. Yeah. That's all I got. I'm not very imaginative when it comes to It's like, like the yep. egg, the Easter egg chalk though that you get on your Easter basket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gonna look like shit no matter what right exactly (laughs) got a good grip on it though it's only got a three and a half inch diameter you're like i can't even like hold this right (laughs) okay the pentagram on the floor there's runes on the tips that are like not from the gray book so will doesn't know what they are but he knows they're like warlock runes And I'm really sorry. I quoted like a bunch of sections in this, but I just really found it interesting and wanted to write it out. So this next part, I feel like it's necessary to know as a reader. So Mm -hmm. without further ado, Magnus raised his arms and held them out over the star. He began to chant and gashes opened up in his wrists, spilling blood into the pentagram center. Will tensed as the blood struck the floor and began to burn with an eerie blue glow. So, I'm assuming from Will's reaction, he didn't fully realize what went into Magnus summoning, like, all these demons down for him to interrogate. The man has Uh, literally been spilling his own blood for Will's sake. Like, like Amanda was Mm -hmm. saying, he's calling in an IOU, like, he's doing all this stuff for him. It's like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it's it's a moment. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. He obviously right. likes Will. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the and So it's like, it's one of those moments that like Will has shown over and over how good he is at taking advantage of people. And it's almost like we're begging Will not to do it in this case. Like appreciate it for what it is. Uh-huh. Well, and he was already saying basically, I picked you out because to help me because like you're a warlock and you can handle yourself and I'm not worried about you liking me at all so like I'm not worried about the curse affecting you but look at all this stuff that he's been doing yeah for him anyway back to the summoning I said that twice so (laughs) there's a shape that starts to appear in the center and the wounds on Magnus's wrist close up as time starts to pass the shape turns more solid and in the center is this blue demon was the blue demon from the Whitewood party. This time 
He was void of evening wear, and we can see his body covered in blue scales with a long yellow tail that has a stinger on the end. And with all of that explanation, (laughs) kind of, that's good. Well, for me personally, after all of that explanation of what he looks like, for some reason, I keep envisioning the guy that played Mundungus Fletcher in the Harry Potter movies. And I have no idea why. Mm. But that is what he looks like to me. Blue scales. You're a nerd. The whole thing. Lizard. Yellow tail. Nope. It's Mundungus Fletcher in the middle of that mm-hmm. um, pentagram. And I don't know why. But I just figured you should all know that. Thank so, you. So the demon is reasonably upset. He was just pulled from whatever he was doing. And he's like, who summons the demon Marvis? And Mangus is like, William Herondale, interstage left. This is his rodeo. He's not doing it. So then Will walks over and cranks up his copy of the Marshall Mathers LP and is like, remember me? (laughs) And Marvis is like, heck, yes, I do. You chased me all over the Lightwoods estate and pulled out my tooth. And since it was caused from trauma, I didn't even get any money from the Tooth Fairy. And I was hoping for the Dwayne Johnson version, because honestly, aren't we all? Anyway, I tasted your blood, and when I get you out of here, (laughs) when I get out of here, it's your ass. Yeah. And Will's like, no, 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 no. I want to know if you remember me. Five years ago, a Pixis, I opened it, your ass popped out like a clown-faced jack-in-the-box, you attacked me, my sister came at you with a seraph blade... And Magnus tears down Marbus and tells him that he better speak his truth or things are going to get ugly. So Marbus looks over at Will and is like, it's you, you're Edmund Herondale's son. And Will has this moment of like clenched anxiety that explodes, kind of like he was holding his breath and didn't realize that he was doing it. (laughs) Poor guy. Oh, shit. The searching is finally worth it. He's not crazy. He found him. Motherfucker admitted it. And Will is like, yes, so you do. Remember me? Yeah. (laughs) Marvis is like, well, obviously. I was trapped for like 20 years. Of course I remember being released. Imagine being trapped with what seems like sensory deprivation. Torture, no light, no movement, just blackness. And then the face of the motherfucker who put you in there is staring at you. And Will's like, whoa there, partner. I didn't imprison you. Whoa there, partner. The demon's like, I know, but you look just like the guy. And yes, I remember your like stupid brave sister trying to fight me off with a blade she could barely use. Mm-hmm. And Will tells him that she used it well enough to make him leave and to curse him. Worked well enough for that. Did she? Marbus laughs, and then he repre- repeats the curse back. Like, he remembered it word for word or whatever. Uh-huh. Which makes Will's blood boil, of course. And he's like, Marbus is like, so you summoned me here so we could reminisce, like, we're shuffling through the people you may know section of Facebook. This is what you wanted. I mean, <laughs> those are great nights, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will's like, no, bitch, I summoned you to take the damn curse off me. My sister died that night. Like, it's been five years. And Marvis is like, listen, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. Trapped in a box, 20 years, 
Remember, is this ringing a bell? Yeah, but like your life is, I assume that he is um, immortal, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Five years is a lot longer to someone that is mortal right. than 20 years is to you. Rude. Rude. Magnus is like, hmm, no, no. I smell something fishy here. A demon just popping out of a pixis is usually at his weakest. Being starved, starved, sorry, for as long as it was imprisoned. Im, God damn it. I'm going to um, say that sentence again. A Do demon it. just popping out of a pixis is usually at his weakest, weakest, being starved for as long as it was imprisoned. Too weak, I dare say, to have cast a curse as strong as the one that you claim to have cast on Will. And Will's like, no, it's cool. It adds up. He said my sister was going to die. And then guess what? She did. Magnus has this like, look Will, of. shut up. <laughs> Stop. Uh-huh. Okay. The adults are talking. <laughs> Peasant, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Magnus has this look of nah, bitch. Like when you're explaining something fucked up that your significant other did to you, but you're trying to downplay it and your biffle is like, no, bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he instead... He pulls a mouth foy and he's like, do you really want my, do you really want to disobey me? My father will hear about this. Oh, ah, so bad. <laughs> Marvis is like, okay, you got me. Ja, ja, ja. ja it's a ja, fake. Ja. The whole thing was a ploy, a sham, a gambit, a ruse, a clever attempt to trick you. Your sister died because I stung her with my tail. (laughs) Will's in utter shock and disbelief. Like, how the fuck? My entire, okay, a half, more, I guess, a quarter of my life wasted. And Magnus asks Marbus if he is telling the truth and asks him to swear on, I'm going to say this wrong, Baal? Baal? Ba- Baal? I, Baal, I, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Which, fun fact, according to worldhistory.com, Baal mm-hmm. is a Canaanite, I can't say that, Phoenician? Phoenician. Basically, it's an ancient god of fertility and weather, specifically rainstorms. He's uh-huh. also known today from the Bible as the antagonist of the Israel Israelite cult of Yahweh. Yep. Okay. Okay. Fertility and weather. Those yeah, go okay. together. So, so, so it's a uh, uh, Canaanite and Phoenician. Thank you. Uh huh. Thank you. When I, I had to scroll down to it, yeah. copied and pasted, I said it correctly, and then I knew I was gonna like not. Okay, and I didn't know I said it correctly. It sounded better than that. How it came out. Uh-huh. Anyway, Marvis is like, yeah, yeah, I swear I'm the dude. I have no reason to lie. <laughs> let me go home i was watching um true crime i didn't do anything <laughs> this of course that, why shatters up will shit? what exactly you bitches all be the same <laughs> i'm an alpha demon okay alpha oh god <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll stop it's too much it's too much okay will is shattered into a thousand pieces mm-hmm. 
He falls on his knees and he thinks of all the tragedy he's been through for the past 10 years. Like, sorry, 10. I wrote five. The last five years. And he thinks like how awful his parents must feel. And he's like, dude. And then, quote, Will is right, said Magnus. Marbus, you are a blue skinned bastard. Burn and die. Somewhere at the edge of Will's vision, dark red flame soared toward the ceiling. Marbus screamed, a howl of agony cut off as swiftly as it had begun. Damn. Jesus. Oh. Yep. You deserve that, you little bitch. <laughs> I take that. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Magnus goes to Will to offer his sympathy, and he's still obviously beside himself, and he feels like an idiot for ruining his life and relationships over a lie. But Magnus reminds him that he was like 12 years old with no knowledge of the shadow world. And right. Marbus was a cunning demon and like he shouldn't feel ashamed that he was bested. Besides, you're still young and you have all these people who you love and they love you and you could make shit better. Magnus yeah. is. That's so uh, yeah, nice he's him. like trying to give him that help up. So Pep talk. Will is like, yeah, my family and the Institute peeps and Tessa. Magnus is like, yeah, Tessa. She's an anomaly. Don't know how she feels, but, like, you should go find out. So he does. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's this scene. I didn't write it out, but to me it sounds like Woolsey and Magnus are, like, on his porch watching Will walk away back to mm-hmm. the Institute. And they're reminiscing over it. Like, they're watching their son walk off for college. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Woolsey popped like, I don't know. He's just, he, he's just popping in. I don't know what I'm, he's just like, this is really curious. This whole like Magnus plus Will, like uh-huh. curious. And if he didn't know any better, he would think that like maybe Magnus was fond of Will. And Magnus is like, hmm, no better elaborate. And Woolsey tells him because Will is Nephilim and Magnus has never really cared much for them. And um, he wants to know how much he got paid for the job. Like, I know it's not because you like this kid. How much money did he give you? And Magnus says nothing. Will had done him a favor, one he doesn't remember, but we sure do. (laughs) (laughs) Seared lives in my brain rent free, baby. (laughs) Over and over again. Woolsey comments that he is very pretty for a human. And Magnus is like, yeah, pretty, but very broken. And now it's up to luck and skill to put him back together. It's like Humpty Dumpty, baby. Aww. Woolsey's like, yeah, luck, skill, or magic. Wink, wink. But Magnus tells him that he's done all he can for William. And Woolsey says that he looks sad. Will looks sad, not Magnus. And Magnus tells... Um, him that he is sad and he kind of gives him like the broad strokes on what happened you know to will but says that now his life can begin and he no longer has to live a lie and he can start repairing the bridges that he's attempted to burn Mm -hmm. and he just hopes she which obviously he's referring to tessa understands what he's been through um sorry that's not what i wrote Tessa understands that he's been through some shit. Will's been through some shit because he just really needs to love and to be loved now. Hmm. And then that'll just repair his heart. 
It's very, very, very sweet. It is. Love, yeah. Magnus. So I'm ending this chapter with another quotus. <laughs> Do it. You cannot save every fallen bird, said Wolsey, leaning back against the wall and crossing his arms. Even the handsome ones. One will do, said Magnus. Oh, That's my fangirl noise. Love. <laughs> so sweet. It is so sweet. I'm Honestly, I'm glad this is laid to rest. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Cursed Will. Yep. Yep. Now we can get to know the real Will, hopefully. Uh-huh. Well, n- now we get to jump in to even more chaos next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Chaos. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so make sure that you've read chapter 18 until I die for next week's episode. Mm-hmm. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlder Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.